0: and welcome to This Week I Learned, your audio guide to the most surprising discoveries and fascinating studies of the week. I'm your host, Lauren Hansen. This week I learned that your dog may be smarter than your kid. According to a new study from the Good People at the Canine Cognition Center at Yale, dogs are less likely to follow bad advice than children are. So think about how you learn things, or if you have kids, think about how they learn things. It's through watching, repetition, and trying it out themselves. Children tend to copy all of their parents' or teachers' actions, they're like little sponges, even if all of those actions aren't necessary. But dogs? They're much more practical. Dogs will get straight to the point and cut out any non-essential elements. So in one study, children watched an adult solve a puzzle, first by moving a lever, and then lifting a lid to pull out a prize. The lever was completely irrelevant for solving the puzzle, but after they learned how to do it, the kids repeatedly performed both actions even when they had to do it as fast as they possibly could. In a similar study, researchers designed a dog-friendly puzzle box that mimicked the ones the kids used. So, humans first used a lever before lifting the lid to reveal the treat. Really, all the dogs had to do was lift the lid, but the humans kept using the lever. Once the dogs learned how to open the box, they stopped using the lever altogether. This is actually really surprising, considering that dogs are highly social animals who learn from social cues but it turns out when it comes to getting treats in the most effective way, a dog's loyalty to its human wanes when that human is unnecessarily adding an extra step. Now, before you start looking at your kid a little sideways, it is important that we humans learn by copying, even if it seems we do so blindly at times, because not all actions are as silly or useless as they first seem. This week I learned some good news for acne sufferers, that previously pimply skin will better stand up to the natural deterioration of age. This is something that dermatologists have long noted, that the signs of aging like wrinkles and skin thinning often appear much later in people who have experienced acne at some point in their lifetime. This was initially chalked up to an increase in oil production, but scientists wanted to test a new theory that took root at the cellular level, well below the skin's surface. A new study out of King's College London looked at more than 1,200 twins, comparing those who reported having acne with those who didn't. And they found that acne sufferers had a distinction in the length of their telomeres. What on earth is a telomere? Well, to answer that, let's take a quick DNA lesson. DNA makes up all of the cells in our body, our skin, our heart, every organ, everything is made up of cells. Now imagine that classic DNA strand, like two shoelaces intertwining. Well, telomeres are the caps at the end of those strands, like the plastic tips at the end of shoelaces. And like the plastic tips on shoelaces, telomeres keep the DNA strand intact so it can do its job. Now, throughout our lives, our cells are constantly replenishing, and they do this by making a copy of itself. But every time a cell replicates, the telomeres shorten slightly. Eventually, the telomeres will get so short they can't hold the cell together so that it breaks down and it can't do its job. So essentially, telomeres affect how our cells age. With skin, this manifests itself in wrinkles, thinning skin, dark spots, and all sorts of fun things. So back to those acne sufferers. Researchers found that those who had a pimply complexion had longer telomeres than those who didn't, which means it took longer for their cells to break down, which explains why the aging process slowed for them. So while that pizza face of yours was the bane of your existence as a teenager, you can thank that spotted skin for your youthful glow in middle age and beyond. This week I learned a happy spouse may actually improve your health. Previous research has shown that happy people are generally healthy people, but a massive new study out of Michigan State University specifically looked at the health effects of interpersonal relationships. Researchers surveyed nearly 2,000 married couples in early retirement age and up over a six-year period. What they found was that people with happy spouses were much more likely to report better health over time. And this was regardless of their own personal happiness. Scientists say there are at least three reasons for this happy partner health boost. One, happy partners provide stronger social support, like caregiving. Two, happy partners may get unhappy people out and about involved in activities and exercise that promotes good health and helps maintain regular sleep. And three, being with a happy partner can make a person's life easier and may therefore temper the need to seek destructive outlets like excessive drinking or drugs. This week I learned canned pumpkin contains no pumpkin at all, or very little of it. Yep, your favorite holiday pie filling is lying to you. According to one particularly upset writer over at Food & Wine, pumpkin puree is actually made of a variety of winter squash. If you know your squashes, then I'm talking about butternut, Golden Delicious, and Hubbard to name a few. What these pumpkin puree manufacturers found out long ago is something anyone who's ever carved a jack-o'-lantern already knew. Pumpkins are super stringy, they're low on meat, and actually very watery whereas winter squash can be manipulated into a much richer and sweeter puree. So, how do these pumpkin puree mavericks get away with it? Well, the FDA does not care too much about the difference between field pumpkins and squash. Since 1938, the FDA has basically taken a hands-off approach when it comes to allowing canners to label squash as pumpkin. Says the FDA, and I quote, in the labeling of articles prepared from golden flesh, sweet squash, or mixtures of such squash and field pumpkin, we will consider the designation, quote, pumpkin to be in essential compliance with the common or usual name requirements. Phew. Of course, knowing that your pumpkin pie is made of squash really won't change its taste, but at least now you're no longer living a lie. And that does it for this week's episode of This Week I Learned. Look out for new episodes every Friday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to read more about any of the facts I've mentioned here, or if you'd like to check out the rest of the week's podcasts, including 7-minute opinions and 7-minute explainers, go to theweek.com slash podcasts. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a rating or review on iTunes. I'm Lauren Hanson, and thank you so much for listening.